Hello, welcome one and all. How's everybody feeling tonight? Welcome to the Funkatopia Radio Show. We're going to have a fun night tonight. I hope you guys are ready. Special <clears throat> guest joining us tonight, the one, the only, Dr. Funkenberry in the house. Eh. <laughs> eh, he says, eh. Well, Doc, how you doing, brother? You doing all right? How's it going, everyone? Jeremiah, Funkenberry, whatever. Um, the eligible bachelor looking for the most beautiful girl in the world to spend eternity with or at least Valentine's Day weekend. How's everyone doing? Yeah, Valentine's is coming up. You gotta have. You have to have a special one. Uh, there's there's plenty of ladies out you there that I'm sure. To? Well, you don't have to, but it's you know. <laughs> You're well, saying you save money for sure. Their feelings. They have a couple of days left. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Well, you, you, you'll save money regardless. It doesn't <laughs> work. Hey, thanks for uh, posting the uh, post about Janet Jackson's world tour. I know you kind of got a little bit of a jump on that and posted it on your page. I, I didn't know that she was doing anything again. And you know, I, I, there was a lot of mixed reviews on her last show, but you know, she's always kind of been on my bucket list to go see her. And uh, I, I, I thought it's great. That Atlanta's early in the tour, so it's kind of going to be cool. Have you ever seen her live in concert? I did. I saw her live in, at Santa Barbara Bowl in 2011 outside, and my seats were right in front of Jermaine Jackson. Let me just put it that way. Oh, so, that's nice. Very cool. So you have a beautiful, a beautiful night. Oh, that's for awesome. Sure outside at an outside venue, seeing her perform. Wow. Yeah, I've never had an opportunity to see her live. I didn't get to see MJ in in concert either. So I, I've never seen any of the Jacksons in in concert. So There's yeah. That. A girl I was seeing at that time, Leonora, hooked it up, and I, I would get Janet news early um, from a friend of mine who worked in the business named Tomiko. I was actually able to like, pay it forward yesterday when I found out the news about the tour and then a specific tour date for LA just to hook her up because she used to hook me up with that stuff. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. I heard she puts on a really fantastic show, so it's going to be a lot of fun to, to kind of see her do her thing. So we are actually, you know, tonight we kind of wanted to do a couple things. The first off is we want to talk a little bit about Celebration, Celebration 2020. They've been really, really slow on kind of getting this information out here about what's going on, some of the inner workings. And I didn't know if you had any any information that you were aware of that is going on in the background as well. But we're going to talk a little bit about Celebration 2020 kind of getting a little bit of a, a feel as to not only on Facebook Live, but also in other locations as well, trying to figure out exactly, you know, who's going, who's not going, who's going into Paisley Park to go to the actual celebration, and who's just planning just to go, just to go. Because I know there's like tons of people that were ready for it to be in April and made their plans ahead of time because that's what they had done for the past few years. And unfortunately, yeah. it got yeah. moved to June and so there was you know so there's there's that component of people that are kind of a little bit annoyed but on the same note June's obviously his birthday month so there was it's just I don't know it's just it's just a strange situation so we're going to talk a little bit about the positives and negatives of that one of the mm -hmm. things I wanted to preface it with was making sure that we're not here, you know, anybody in the audience uh, on Facebook Live or anything else, that we are not going to be, we're not bashing Paisley Park. We're simply just having a discussion about, you know, some of the things that are going on and some of the feedback that we're getting and kind of just handling it in, in that realm. 
So, I mean, there's that. And the other thing that we're going to be doing tonight is, you know, there's always that one Prince song that you always wish that somebody had released as a single that actually was out on the radio and that people got an opportunity to hear it. An example for me would be Ballad of Dorothy Parker. I personally think that if that song had been released as a single, it really would have kind of changed the dynamic and kind of, I mean, because Prince on the radio had always been perceived as just like the king of pop. And it was that whole, you know, you know, back in the eighties, you know, he was always like the king of pop and, and it wasn't really as that's perception, perception because of what the only people had heard on the radio. We knew differently because we knew that, you know, his library and his styles of, of music were vast. So I always feel like there was just so much that's out there that if people would have been able to, to hear, they probably would have felt differently or maybe accepted right. him differently or been a little bit more receptive to his music. I kind of, you know, when you continually got force fed a lot of the same type right. of, you know, style of music is that. So we're going to talk about some of your favorite songs as well. Uh, you being the audience and you too, doc, uh, some of the songs that you wish that you had seen on the radio a lot more and just, you know, that would have been yeah. great that we have been seeing. So we're going to be talking about that as well. So um, I did want to make the announcement that I did open up a new Facebook group today. And I want to kind of give a little bit of clarification on why I opened it up because there's a new group called Out of the Park. It's facebook.com slash groups slash out of the park, like knocking it out of the park. Facebook.com slash groups slash out of the park. And it is a group that is being set up to really kind of talk a little bit about the celebration, but also for all those people who are planning to go to Minneapolis and are planning to go up there to support Prince in just as, you know, just to kind of keep his, keep his legacy alive and go out there and attend all the great shows that are normally up there and to go see all the, the sites that are out there that maybe, maybe people aren't planning to go to Paisley Park. Maybe you guys are planning to, to go and just see all the sites that there is to see, see all the murals, see all, you know, his, his old haunts and, and just all those things that is for you guys so that you guys can get together and plan and maybe even come up with your own strategy. I know there's tons of people that are not going to be going to Paisley park. I'm not telling you not to go to Paisley park. I'm not telling you not to go to the celebration. I just wanted to set this up because this year I may or may not be going to the celebration and we will be talking about that. I really kind of have to see how things unfold. And I'm docking you maybe the exact same way. So let's go ahead and actually start this celebration discussion. Because I know that you're really close to a lot of folks at Paisley Park. Obviously, you were close to Prince as well. And there's just this discussion among people that this particular celebration is the information that everybody's getting is just is just kind of too slow for people that are really far away, like in Australia and over, just anywhere overseas outside of the country. It makes it very, very difficult for them to be able to make plans on this short of notice. And the only information that we have is that there's going to be Catronada, Moore's Day and the Time, and the NPG, all of which are great, but... It's just kind of a little bit too little, maybe a little bit too late. And a lot of people are kind of frustrated about it. And I guess my question is for you specifically, what are your plans for the celebration? Or are you still kind of waiting to see how things unfold? Uh, I never usually say if I'm coming or going, but you can probably plan on me being there is all I'll say. And I'm not going to, if anyone asks me again, I won't do it. But, um, you know, I want to support. The main thing is, is these are the acts we have so far. There's still going to be more to come. 
Um, my thing is, is what I'm hoping it'll be. You know, I don't want the two-track system. I like it to have to where Paisley is open for longer hours during the day. I want everything to be at Paisley. No autograph signings at Electric Fetus. The weather's going to be better. We can have something outside or set up in the music club room uh, for autograph signings or other things, studio sessions. Just have it be longer and then have the concerts there at night. That way you get rid of a lot of extracurricular activities outside of Paisley and then you make everything be inside Paisley. Now keep in mind, again, all we have is some music acts that are confirmed to play. We don't know if they're going to be playing the same night or separate nights how it was. We don't know the extent of how long Paisley will be open for, but I would like to see that instead of the two-track system. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's stuff that I'd like to see. Again, we don't have any panelists done, but as you see, Morrissey and the time are going to be there, again, as people are saying. But to have Morrissey, to have him be, say, interviewed by Andrea Swenson or interviewed by Dwayne Tudal um, would be pretty impressive in my opinion, plus there will probably be other things that will be there. I also feel, if you guys have looked at uh, the baseball schedule of your baseball fans, um, the Twins will be playing the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, not the Dodgers, during that time like they did a few years ago. Will we see another Prince night that will be included with the celebration? Because it is something I brought up a few years ago when I was hoping that they move the celebration to one year where Core 21 fell on Easter Sunday. And I just wonder what the fans think, your fans think that are on Facebook Live right now and are listening, what do they think of that, that a Prince night would be included at Target Field and then, you know, the giveaway. Some people were telling me, like, oh, my God, if that happens, they'd love to get the hat that they gave out last year or other things. But what do you think of that and what does your audience think of that? Okay. During the time of celebration, right. there is the Twins are hosting a home game, and they did do it a few years ago with the Angels, and they do have Prince Night there the past few years. Will this be something that goes with uh, the celebration, and would people be down for that? Because you usually have DJ WD do a fireworks show and all this stuff, and then you get you know free swag um, with your ticket, like the, the Prince jersey from last year and that Prince symbol hat that uh, people were really digging on along with the jersey, you know, that maybe that could be part of it along with what's going on at Paisley instead of that, uh, you know, the the concert that they had at Prince on the big screen. I think that would be a great addition, much better than doing Prince Live on the big screen again. Not because Prince Live on the big screen wasn't awesome, but, you know, for those who have been going every year, I don't want to see it a third time. So I definitely would think that a baseball game would be really kind of cool, you know, to have like a Prince night again at uh, at that stadium. And because you're right, because they've given away hats there before. They've given away uh, umbrellas. They've given away all types. And I've seen those umbrellas pop up on the various sites, people trying to sell them. I'll sell it to you for $125. And uh, not that compelled, but uh, <laughs> it would be good. To, yeah, it, would, it would be good to do that. But, you know, I know you said that you're, you know, you're not, you're potentially going to go most likely. And I don't know if you actually, you know, get free admission or you actually have to come out of pocket to actually pay for it. But a majority of us, for a lot of people, for everybody else, you know, $500 on the low end to, to get into this festival uh, or the celebration, or if you go in as a VIP, you know, 1000 about $1,100 
close to $1,200 after you pay for, you know, pay for everything. I know you have a lot of connections and probably don't have to deal with that. However, it's just, for me, I just, um, I feel like it's a lot. And I, I guess my biggest thing for the audience, it would be, my biggest question was, what do you feel needs to happen at this celebration to make it worth your while to be able to make sure that this celebration has some type of longevity. I think the idea that you just had with doing the, doing some of the tie-ins with the baseball games, that, that that's a thing. Interviews is not new. The live bands is, is not really new. Now they're, now we're, now we're bringing back with the exception of K Tronada, we're bringing back uh, bands that have already done it. Uh, so, and, and, bands that you know people have had an opportunity to see quite a bit on, out on their own right now. So what do you think, what are some ideas that you have that you think would be able to make this, you know, really feel like people will feel like it's worth their right. while? Well, some ideas I've had in the past, uh, I told, I told them, Lynn, look, I don't know the new person that's running stuff and you can bring up his name. Um, I do have faith in him. I'm going to give him a chance for opportunities, but there is people that I know at Paisley that have, you know, they work year round to try to come up with ideas for a celebration. Ideas I've had in the past I brought up to people were Lizzo, and now she's too big for it, I believe, or even Janelle Monet. And the thing is, is, I believe they have tried to get these people, maybe not Lizzo, but I think they have tried to get Janelle and other acts, and they most likely passed on it. So understand that they are trying to branch out so you're not getting the same people over and over again. Another thing that I would suggest is, and it's been brought up, I know that a majority of us are older. You know, we want to get younger people and newer people involved. Another thing is, like I said, because I don't want to have the track one, track two stuff, um, is getting rid of a majority of the seats for this stuff. Um, and then you can have, like, the panels be in smaller rooms, but the soundstage area so you can fit more people into the celebration. Um, that way you're selling more tickets because then you can fit more people if there isn't seats there and get rid of them for, you can either, either have the seats there for, for the panels if you are going to have it in a large soundstage, but at night remove the seats and locally for these acts that are performing is that people can purchase tickets that live in Minneapolis to come for the night or say that are traveling to Minneapolis, like have you have with your group of some people that aren't going to go, that there will have tickets available, maybe 25 to 50 bucks, that they can attend um, the concerts there that night, you know? And then that way they can fit more people in and it makes up for the money that they lose. And then that's another thing is I would like to see for this year, and I'm not sure how that's going to happen though, the ticket prices be a little bit lower. And that way they can work on other things for people buying maybe day passes to celebration or other stuff. But we would, the people that are going to celebration for all four days and purchasing those, those tickets, that, 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 that gets them VIP access and the daily passes. You're not VIP, but at least you're there. That's something that I would look into is daily passes because that's something that Prince did during the Rainbow Children one and it did for the concerts at night. Yeah, I think that the idea of you know somebody being able to purchase a ticket to actually go and physically be in the concert is a great idea, but the only problem with it is obviously the way that Paisley Park deals with traffic going in and out of the uh, of the facility. You know, if it's going right. to be something where you know the show is going to be at seven o'clock, or you know that the show is going to be at eight o'clock, maybe to close the night, so you don't have to worry about you know 
you know, if the people stay there or try to sneak in or go into the bathroom or something and stay for the, you know, a, a portion of the show, just do the concert like the last thing that they do every day, just like they kind of did previously, uh, and and make it so that people know they got to be there at eight o'clock and they're they've got to figure out transportation to and fro in that interim. Right. I think that's actually probably a pretty good idea, and, and I know probably somebody like myself would probably take advantage of that. You know, um, do you have any insight as to as far as more stay in the time is concerned? What type of lineup we're going to be seeing in that situation? No, I will say this, um, and I hope I won't get in trouble for this. For the Grammy tribute, where the time performed. It was supposed to have um, Jesse Johnson involved, and Jesse, I love you. Don't want to, don't want to do this stuff. I know sometimes you got people in your ears. That's not the case. Uh, Jesse was supposed to be part of that lineup that performed at the Grammy. So basically, it was going to be the original lineup, the original seven. Uh, that didn't happen. So it was Tori Ruffin who's, who was available. Uh, Jerome was there. I'm not certain of what's going to happen. I know last time the time performed there when Prince was alive. Um, that Jerome and them were not involved, and that hurt Jerome, understandably so. And the last time they did the celebration, when Prince wasn't here, and the first year of the celebration, there was no extra members. I don't know about that, but I'd love to see it, because it gives them a little bit more. You know, I keep hearing stuff about, oh, I've seen the time before, same set list, all these other things. And it's not a diss to the time, but it's more so about people seeing the same lineup and then they're worried about what the celebration tickets are going to be. I would love to see, you know, the time kind of add jerk out or a couple other things that they've done before, but they're kind of on a little bit of a, of a different set list, you know what I mean? But here's hoping, just like with you, hoping that maybe there is a different lineup and it's a special lineup for the event, you know? That would include Jesse, Jimmy, and Terry, and Jerome. Yeah, I think that if they made sure that it was going to be an original lineup, but you know, they, I think the other thing is it may be a little bit difficult now that Jesse was at the last celebration and did the whole entire solo thing. <clears throat> I don't. I think it, it took a lot out of him to actually do that. I know that there was a lot. There was everything that preceded his appearance there, which obviously the taped phone call of his and all that stuff and all the th- all the politics that he had to work through and all the people that he had to calm down before he actually came. Uh, I think it was just, it just took a lot out of him because I think there was just so much going on at that time. And now, of course, I think that if it was the original seven, I think a, a people would, that would definitely be something that would be huge. But I think there's yeah. just so much, it's, it's such an undertaking. I can't even, I can't even I, begin to even imagine what that would take to happen. Right. And, and the money too. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. biggest thing. The money thing is the biggest thing. Well, it's, you know... I heard, I heard before that Morris and the time, uh, they took less money than other artists there to perform there, that they took kind of a discounted rate that they would normally do. Other people don't exactly uh, take discounted rates. I'm not going to mention names or whatnot, but, you know, that's what also helps to contribute to the expensiveness of the ticket prices. Also, in April, you know, when they were doing celebration, isn't exactly when they were doing celebration, isn't exactly like a touring month. And I think that's one of the reasons that they chose 421. It wasn't to celebrate the anniversary of his passing, but also just kind of to 
you know, knowing it's a slow period and that people are going to come in June because the weather will be better and it's his birthday, that they were trying to double dip, you know, coming from Graceland Holdings, the ones that were doing it, and they would have, um, when it came to Graceland, they would have celebrations for Ellis's passing and his birthday. With this, they were trying to do the Prince one because it's in April and it's a slow tourist period. Now, let's see what happens with that now that we have it in June, you know, how things will change. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's it's just a tough thing for them. It's a tough position to be in because, you know, when it was closer to the time that he passed away, I feel like a lot of people felt like they really wanted to make sure that they went out and paid homage to him. And now as we get further and further away from that, you know, the only people that are actually coming to this event are the hardcore fans. And the problem is, is that I, I still think that there's a little bit of a disconnect that Paisley Park is under the impression that it's just just Prince fans in general that are, are coming to this. And that's not necessarily true. The, the people that are paying $500 and $1,000 to walk into Paisley Park, these are hardcore fans. So right. you, you, have to, as you have to craft your content and craft your entire evenings as, you know, to that, – that's, that's your – that's your core group. I mean, those are your fan. Those are the hardcore folks. They don't, you know, to play right. all these con- these concert clips and they're. I mean, the the concert stuff was phenomenal. Uh, it's such an amazing, uh, such an amazing time, and it's just such a great. You're right. It, it, it's it's so much fun, but you know, we can. You're playing. You're playing the hits all the time. These aren't. We want to see the after party stuff. We want to see the stuff that we want to get. You know, we want to right. dig deep. I mean- they should have like a little bit of a survey so it feels a little bit more interactive of what shows you want to see. Um, I hear hoping, like I said, if they do that thing where the concert's at night, I did talk about this with them. It's like, you know, in June, because summer's in June in Minneapolis, the sun sets close to 9 p.m. and then the sun rises a little bit um, between 4 and 5 a.m. I would love to have the dance till dawn parties, but I was told by someone there that that makes it hard because, you know, they have to get permits for things. And I was hoping at least till 1 or 2, and they're saying maybe 1. Um, I'm not certain if that's going to happen. I'm kind of hoping, and I don't know if Rodney, is, the Rodney that you're saying is in the room, if it's uh, Fitzgerald, Mr. 365, I'd be cool if Rodney's are the only events that happen after uh, Paisley, whether it's 12 or 1, because then we all know where the after party is going to be. But I don't want to have so many other events to where people feel like they're missing stuff at Paisley. And I do want Paisley to step up to where people feel that, because how it's been the past couple of years, it felt like if people went to Paisley, they felt they were missing out on something else. I want people to feel that they're not at Paisley, they're missing out on stuff. So I want concert footage that we can be voted on. It does seem that this, some of the new tour stuff is what the woman really dig. I'd love to see stuff from the Act One tour um, and other things. And of course, being on the microphone, the Paisley Park shows are always going to be something that we do want to see as much as it hurts our soul a little bit. Um, but how brilliant he was at those shows, you know? A lot of people have basically, what is this? Oh, was it, I, it was, I was looking, I pulled up uh, Paisley Park's page. Uh, they just announced that there was a few more tickets that have been, general admission tickets that have been released for the Musicology show featuring Michelle and Diggy Uccello. So uh, mm-hmm. if you guys, I, I was, I wanted to pull up this uh, whole scenario with people's perception about, about, 
well, I guess feedback more or less is kind of what right. I, I'm interested in because one of the things that's very, very tough uh, is that a lot of people feel like it's just not worth the money right now because it's just so expensive and you kind of people kind of feel like they're seeing the same things and we've already done the tour. Uh, I mean, unless they're going to be breaking open certain areas of Paisley Park that we have not um, that we haven't been able to see before, like you know the areas upstairs and and some of the you know like his bedrooms and things like that. I, right. I mean, not I, I think that there's there's got to be places that remain private and remain his and you know that are limited, but I, I, people are interested in seeing that kind of thing. Yeah. That is something that I discussed with them before is maybe having another elevator installed elsewhere, but then you have to get into where they need to build the elevator. Then you're kind of taken away from stuff of how it was there. And then say, say if they brought people up the stairs, instead of his room, you see the game room, you see the weight room, you see the wardrobe room. The problem is, is other people that are in wheelchairs or on walkers that can't get up there, how do they get in? And then they're not getting the full aspect of the celebration. So the elevator thing, my idea of like making another elevator somewhere else, then you're kind of deconstructing some stuff that's already at Paisley. Like maybe, you know, in the future, something can be done from outside to whatever. But I can understand why they don't want to make things different because then all of a sudden it isn't Prince's house anymore because there's too many changes happening, you know? From a, a location perspective, you have this... Um there's only so much that Paisley Park has to offer. There are tons of hidden areas all throughout Paisley Park. We we get that, but but it is just a it is just a facility, and there's only so much to see with it. So anything that's going to be of value to people that have not that have already been there multiple times for people are going to be, you know, different types of guests and different types of bands that people haven't seen before. And I have said on this show, just like you have, that I think, you know, people that would be great for these editions would be, you know, a Michelle and Cello. Well, that's being done right now with this musicology show they're doing. Uh, the Janelle Monets and, and people like that and Lizzo's. And those, those were the exact names that I gave up that you just shared. I was like, those are the people that people, they have a great draw. People are going to want to come and see them. And you know that their show is going to be slanted towards Prince music and that they're going to pay homage to Prince in a very you know good and new and fresh Oh, and, right. and, and by the way, by the way, I, I, I it would behoove me not to say happy birthday to Mr. D'Angelo. It's his birthday today, uh, so we got to make sure that we say happy birthday to him. He's another one that would be phenomenal to come and come in there and just do his thing. Usher and guys like that. I know they're massive, massive draws, but if you right. want to come with it, if you want to, you know, make sure that this celebration is going to go to the next level, you got to have people that are excited. You got to be doing things that people are really excited to see and i don't think that that's really what's happening right now i think we're now we're we're re we're redoing some different things i don't have you heard or gone to a k tronada show before he he was announced have you ever seen him live or seen him do anything i have not but let me tell you something uh, my dj friends are so excited that he is performing there and love his set list and of course like they wish it were like they can get like one of those if they don't attend celebration they get one of the night passes because they're like what he's playing prince's house i've heard nothing 
the good stuff about him and great stuff about him. I know that Paisley is trying to make an effort to get new DJs and other stuff out there. So he's like one of the main ones is the Paisley Park After Darks. Let me say something about Michelle and Hello and um, them having other people perform and making Paisley like a nightclub atmosphere place. 100% behind it. Look, I know I read the things about the alcohol being served there and, oh, people are getting drunk there, people are throwing up. Look, I live in L.A. to where these clubs close at two. They couldn't even handle the New York lifestyle with clubs being open until four or five in the morning or Vegas where it's all night. People get drunk. People drink too much. Um, should they be having a limit of what's served? Possibly, but these people haven't been trained on it yet. And to see this, these complaints when Paley is trying to make money and trying to look for other things to do it, people get drunk everywhere. People do stuff. And then, what, is Paisley going to be eventually responsible if someone leaves there and gets into a car accident? Those are things you have to worry about. But the thing is, is that alcohol is served to places and people get sloppy because they drink too much. And that's, that's just the fact of life. I don't drink. I know for private events, Prince did allow people to get to drink. It was probably a different atmosphere. That's what you're having now. Is you're gonna, it's just going to be like a nightclub to where people do get drunk. It's not about them disrespecting it. It's about them disrespecting themselves and drinking too much and not knowing what their limits are. You know, we all heard the stories of people that would have paisley parties back in the day where there wasn't alcohol served. They would drink the alcohol outside by their cars and they would probably get sloppy drunk before getting inside there. You know, it's just a different thing. But I want to see, as you said, D'Angelo there. And I'm glad that Michelle is playing there. I love to see other acts perform there. You know, like yeah, Brittany I'll Howard, have Alabama Shakes back. All these other things yeah. I want to see. And we have to understand that... You know, those things happen where people drink too much, but yeah. it's on them, not on Paisley. People just, you know, uh, I, I, sometimes are loving life a little bit too much. Me, I drink my tea, my protein takes some water. That's it, man. You know, I'd love to have a nice thing of scotch. That's probably about it. Yeah. Let, let's pause just for a second. One of the other things we're going to be talking about here, because and people on, on Facebook Live are also talking about uh, throwing out some other names too. You know, Lenny Kravitz, obviously. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely, definitely great. So let's let's do this. One of the other things that we're doing tonight is we're also talking about songs that you from Prince that you wish were singles because you feel like if those songs were on the radio that people would actually perceive Prince in a completely different way. I know that he handpicked all of his singles that he wanted to be played on the radio. And let's face it. I mean, I I grew up listening, you know, to Prince. I was born in '68, so I I was in my teens when Purple Rain came out. So, you know, when when Dove's Cry comes on the radio, it automatically takes me back to that time and Let's Go Crazy. And I remember first time hearing Let's Go Crazy on the radio. I was like, oh my god. That's just a friggin' amazing. So at the time, they were definitely probably the right selections. But as you know, time has passed. There are songs that I wish that people would have been able to hear because I feel like they would, have, you know, people would have appreciated him in a completely and totally different way. And I want to make sure. So let's do this. So we'll take a little bit of a song break here. Why don't you right. go ahead and give me a song that you feel like probably would have been a great one for people to have heard. Okay, um, and this is when I feel that critics would say that, oh, this needs to be released as a single, and if you don't have this one ready, I can give you another one. But one, I think that was a missed opportunity that was getting play on L.A. radio out here, especially, especially KDAY, was 
Housequake. Oh yeah. How, yeah, but Housequake is one of those ones that it's still a I darling. Need another one. Yeah, no, I've I've got it. I've got it ready to go. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and play Housequake right now. And then what we'll do is uh, we're gonna say goodbye to the Facebook Live folks and just kind of make this just online so you guys can enjoy yourselves and we don't have to worry about. But please, if you do have any questions or you want to send me anything, do it to shout at funkatopia.com or you can do it to funkatopia at gmail.com. Uh, either way, or you can do it via the the app. Uh, it's fine too. Uh, I'd prefer just do it funkatopia@gmail.com, so I don't have to switch around. Uh, but for right now, here is one song that uh, is is still a darling in the Prince catalog for a lot of fans. Housequake, right here on Funked Up. Shut up already! Damn. Tell me who in this house know about the quake? I mean, really, really. If you know how to rock, say yeah. Yeah. If you know how to party, say oh yeah. Oh yeah. But if you ain't hip to the rare house quake, shut up already. Damn. House quake. Everybody jump up and down. House quake. Oh, there's a band.
It's Funkatopia Live. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's myself and, of course, a special guest uh, with me tonight is the one and only Dr. Funkenberry. You still doing good over there, brother? Yep. Jeremiah's doing fine, although I hate talking like I'm a third person. Only The Rock can do that. <laughs> Doc is fine. <laughs> So we were talking a little bit offline. For those of you just joining us, we are – sorry I had to cut off Facebook Live. It just wasn't making a whole bunch of sense because you couldn't hear Doc, and it just makes more sense for you to listen on Facebook uh, – on face, well, uh, sorry, on Funkatopia Live on the Funkatopia website or via the Funked Up app or there's like a bunch of places that you can pick up this radio show for those that don't know, Radionomy and some other ones, Tunish or something there's like so many places that actually pick up this broadcast and they rebroadcast it. So a lot of you may be listening in ways I never even knew existed, but I get people from all over the country that tell me that they listen and I'm like, I, that's crazy. I just, that doesn't make a whole bunch of sense, but I'm so, I so love that, man. Yeah, isn't I it love great? that when it's, people come up to me at events and like, this all means so much. I'm sure you get it too. And I love it. Another act that I think should be invited and look, you know, when, when they performed at Paisley, Paisley a couple of years ago as After Lux for the family, wasn't feeling it, but St. Paul performed here about a month ago, St. Paul and the Minneapolis All-Stars, and they did like a heavy print set. It was pretty amazing. Of course, you did have like Wendy jump on stage and then Suzanne. I'm not sure that would happen, but their set list was great. St. Paul was great. I have nothing but great things to say about him. I'd love to see that kind of done at it because I did see some of the audience at Paisley was, you know, they were kind of losing it with some of the songs from After Lux that they weren't so much familiar with that I like, like Sanctified and some other stuff. But I'd love to see St. Paul again perform there, if not this year, next year. But I'm telling you, if St. Paul and Minneapolis All-Stars are playing around you, um, I definitely check it out. Yeah, sure. I think yeah, I think there's tons of bands that they could take advantage of that I I just don't think they have. Yeah, I thought After Lux was great. I, I it was, I don't know if it was a matter of because they haven't really played together frequently enough so there was kind of a little bit of discomfort level there but the music was great and everything was fantastic uh last time i was in minneapolis i got an opportunity to see lp that was fantastic which is eric leeds and saint paul and of course you know paul's brother was there and playing keys and it was just yeah so something like that where it's like a and you know jelly bean he always has his you know jelly bean experience he normally has his projects that would be a fantastic fit there andre simone i'm still waiting for that that would be i mean i know he just got done playing in la but he very very rarely comes over here to this coast uh so yeah it, it's just, i mean he did paley for new years but i didn't like it was 
disheartening to hear about what happened to him at Paisley. Here's hoping he get another shot and it would be better, but I don't know about that experience. I wasn't there, but um, to hear about it just kind of well, hurt, but... Well, and I, I had heard. Well, and, and that's for those of you just joining us. We, we are talking about Celebration 2020 at Paisley Park. Uh, we're kind of talking about the highs, the lows, the positives and negatives. But we're not here to bash Paisley Park. That's not what we're doing. We're just kind of having a little bit of a discussion session, kind of talking about some of the things that are going on. There's a lot of been a lot of feedback that. You know, even their website right now, if you go to the Paisley Park website and you go to the Celebration 2020 page, they still have not updated that page with the latest graphic that shows Catronata the time and MPG playing. So it still it does not reflect that. It still just says June 2020. So even people that want to go directly to the information that have not gotten the email, it's, there's a lot of people that are listening right now that that's probably the first time they even knew that there was bands announced still it was a bunch of people that were on facebook live that still don't even know what the pricing is going to be uh, the tickets obviously have not gone on sale but from what i understand the vip folks have gotten or are, are supposedly going to be given first access to those tickets at, at some point in time for the vip scenario uh, and that's all right. fine and dandy but again you know <laughs> we're we're kind of right now we're in the middle of february and the event is in june and a lot of people come from very very far away and a lot of people come from places outside of this country and it this is not enough time there's not enough time to plan or get anything in order we don't know what the full lineup is we don't and there's been a lot of scenarios where we didn't know who was going to be talking or being interviewed or anything else until the day of or right before we get that but, you know, there's still we still had some semblance of what was going to be happening. And we at least had the opportunity to buy tickets and we had something, some something. And it's a little different now because you have different people running it. You still have right. some of the same people at Paisley. My main thing is just coming there with the attitudes and being positive that I want it to be worth it for people to come. And then, you know, that's the whole thing is you make this year good and then that they'll just be like, okay, well, as soon as they announce the dates for next year's celebration, we're going to get our plane tickets, we're going to start saving up money, we're going to start doing this. With it being like the first year of it being back in June, like the original celebrations, you kind of have that. So I really want it to succeed. I want them to have, um, you know, good people to have on the panels, good footage shown. I'd love for them to bring out, you know, the original wind drum for people to play with like you had at the first celebration instead of being locked up in a room or I mean, having someone that, having one that was used before um, instead of maybe that one, if there's another one around. But I just want it to be more of an interactive experience and have it to where younger people that are fans or whatnot, they may not have seen them live like we did, are able to experience it. I love to see people that... I like there as well, you know, to have some sort of participation in it, like, you know, Tamar, Shelby J, love you, girl, Liv Warfield, love you, you know, the Funk Soldiers, Adrian, Adrian Crutchfield, the MPG Horns, Marcus Anderson, BK Jackson, Apollonia, people to have an involvement. I'd love for Third Eye Girl to have an involvement. I know Hannah's um, Prentigan, and um, it's just so many great things. I love Donna as a guitarist. You know, love well, Edith as well. Yeah, well, Hannah, Hannah is also in a different place. Them, but they may not be quote-unquote big-name draws, supposedly. 
Yeah, know? well, Third Eye Girl was phenomenal. I mean, that whole vibe that they had was so good. But Hannah and her husband uh, obviously are, they're actually very, very active in the church right now, and they actually run a ministry. I want to say it's out of... Yes. Is it out of Texas or out of no? I think it was somewhere in the some, somewhere in the in the Midwest or something. But they run. I believe a, it's Chicago, but I think you know. Yeah, I believe yeah, it, was, it was in Chicago. It is in Chicago, but yeah, they're hardcore. They're, the time, yeah, they're, yeah, they're hardcore know? church fam right now. So they're not really not that you know some of us aren't, but they are in a totally different realm right now as far as at at the point in their lives. They're focused on family right. and family and just being you know this. Totally. I mean, I'd love to see Hannah do a drum clinic in the, the music club room. You know, I mean, one of the coolest things that I saw at one of the original celebrations, um, unfortunately, John Blackwell is no longer with us, but it was, uh, John was there doing a drum clinic, and then also you had uh, Eric, Eric Leeds there talking about the Madhouse and how everything came to be and how they played certain parts from the songs. Those things were really cool, and it's more off the cuff without having uh, someone as, as smart as Andreas Winston and someone like Dwayne Tudal who cares about stuff that they were able to interact with the audience and go back and forth and that was pretty amazing so I'd love to see clinics like that especially for the youth like I said we're trying to get younger fans in, and I love it when I see Paisley is inviting schools but how cool would it be you're having stuff like that at the celebration and then you do have younger kids being invited to that they can sit kind of close to the front or whatever and have it be interactive you know I would love to see things like that yeah, clinics are a great idea with somebody playing drums and some, you know, kind of teaching different techniques and things. I know that Sheila had, you know, she's done a lot of different sessions and stuff where she's kind of talked about how she comes up with, you know, some of the variety of different drum parts. And she was specifically talking about mm-hmm. Madhouse stuff and uh, some of the just crazier off kilter things. And I think that music education really needs to be integrated into some of the things that they're doing because that was really at, you know, some of the core of Prince's heart about, you know, being able to, to not to start up the next generation of artists and it's just you know absolutely i think it would be a great i think that would be a great idea so i there's so many ideas that paisley park could work with and i i just i don't believe that one great when graceland stepped out and the new management took over which i mean so far when you look at what the new management has been able to do with some of these releases like that 1999 super deluxe oh my god it was just uh, and some of the decisions that they're making are just are unbelievable they are they seem to be a little bit more in touch with what people are requesting but i don't think that the as i said before i think the way i verbalized it last week was i don't believe that the keys to the kingdom as far as the planning of these celebration events were kind of really fully communicated right. as to you know what all has to take place and what you have to do you know, what permits you got to get, what you, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know that the people, that this is their specialty, that the celebration right. type of stuff really isn't their forte. And so they're kind of well, scrambling. It's what it feels another like. Another thing I'd love to see, and we haven't had them yet. We had them do interviews with print magazines and other stuff. And look, we got to give people credit when credit is due. And I slammed this individual pretty hard during piano and microphone 83. But what he's done since then and with the 1999 set and just proving to me that there's no ego involved at all. Michael Howe needs to get major credit, same with Dwayne Poodle for the 1999 Super Deluxe edition and how amazing it is. And I would love to hear Michael Howe have a Q&A with Andrea 
or Dwayne or have Michael Howell and Dwayne being interviewed by Andrea or someone else, but they need to get mad props for that. And it's a great set. Now, how, how it came, whether they listened to us or other things, um, regardless of it, they did a really, really good job. Is it expensive? Yes. Is it worth it? Heaven, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And speaking of Dwayne Tudor, let me, I give a prop out to Dwayne. He's a great friend of mine. We, we got an opportunity to, to hang out many, many times. Last celebration, his birthday fell. I think his birthday's right in April or whatever. And he was coming to eat eat by himself for his birthday dinner. And I happened to run into him while he was walking into this like a Waffle House or something. It's like a Huddle House or something. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. If this is your birthday, we got to go and do something special. And we went and had a really nice dinner. But big shout out. I am so, so excited. I know that it's not going to land. I know we're going off topic here, but I know it's not going to land until next year. But for those of you who who know me, I speak very, very highly of Dwayne Tudor's first book, uh, the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. That is just one of the best Prince books that's out there. And he announced that, they have released the cover of the second book, and it's <laughs> this book. This book is going to cover in that same amount of detail that you got with Purple Rain Air Studio Sessions. It's going to cover Parade, Sign of the Times, Crystal Ball, Dream Factory, Madhouse Eight, The Family, The Flesh, The Jill Jones Album, Part of the Black Album. Camille, Sheila E.'s second and third album, and the last part of the Purple Rain Tour, the Parade Tour, Under the Cherry Moon movie, as well as the breakup of the revolution and the family, all of which, (laughs) I might add, all of which happened 1985 and 1986. All of that happened within two years, and it's all going to be covered. This book is is just going to be... It's going to be I mean, outrageous. If you, point, if you thought that book was lengthy, you are uh, in this, for a shock. That's, like, that's got to be like encyclopedia set. I mean, the hey, pur- I'm the, cool with that. I'm, da- I'm totally you know? down. I'm t- the Purple Rain book was, what, 700 pages? I don't know how much it was. But I can't even imagine what this one's going to be because this is it's just so extensive. It's just crazy. And I appreciate it that the writing isn't as small as the ball book because I had something to do with that with some of my articles were in that book. I haven't picked it up in a while. I believe Dwayne helped out that along with Pear. And, um, but that this book is so thick and then you can actually read it without a magnifying glass like uh, the vault book. But, you know, that's what you go on is this is something that the first book Dwayne was working on forever. And now there is a need for it, there is a want for it, and uh, he's stepped up and he's handled it, you know. I've seen Dwayne at a lot of events over the past few months, and I don't know, what, don't know why we don't take photos with each other. We just forget about it because other people want to take photos with us or other things, but um, we definitely need to do it. I saw him a couple weeks ago, but it's like I see Dwayne like every maybe two to three weeks at events, and it's good seeing him around. That's all I can say. Yeah, I had to cle- I had to turn up your level, and that just kind of went up a lot. So apologies to people that just kind of got blasted out. Kind of went down a little bit. Being your ears like that, everyone. <laughs> Back to the celebrate. So shout out to Dwayne Tudor. I know you listen to the show, and uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited for the book. I know it doesn't come out until next year, but I'm already psyched about it. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. that's the only thing that bums me out. <laughs> it doesn't come out until next year, uh, but it's okay. It's all right. You need to, like, spread stuff out. I mean, look, we're supposed to have, what, the Rainbows program, One Night Alone Live, One Night Alone, although it hasn't officially been announced yet. You have that stuff, and then 
you know, is there going to be something for Record Store Day? They're going to have the celebration. Is there going to be another set coming later this year? It's like you have to spread stuff out. So Dwayne's giving you a year warning. Put your money aside for my book. You got Neil Carlin's book coming out. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are going to be coming in. So we need to, like, you know, save our money, right? Have that purple piggy bank ready that used to be for Prince concerts but is now for other things. Yeah, and that's kind of another thing too. Is that you know, with them moving the celebration, Record Store Day is not doesn't doesn't hit on uh, doesn't hit. It hits in April, doesn't hit in June. So that was one of the other cool things is that how it always kind of worked a little bit in culmination with you know w- with that celebration that was going on in April. So it was kind of it was kind of nice. Yeah. It was kind of cool. They can do a special release for for June offsite with Fetus, so they could do still something on four twenty one. You know, I know, I never said that they shouldn't be having something at Paisley for 421. Maybe a candlelight vigil, maybe something else. You know, um, not trying to disrespect the people that would like to, you know, be on 421. But we do have the Grammy Prince tribute special airing that night. And the thing is, is I know that. I liked what I saw that night. Um, I know that there's going to be critiques. I wonder how well it's going to come off on television. But the thing is, is that I hope the tribute gets high ratings because I want them to continue to keep paying tribute to them. Yes, was there any songs after 1987? No. At least you had someone, I don't, because just in case people are avoiding spoilers, not going to say like who performed what, but to have someone perform Controversy, who I really respect and like a lot and wish that I was her jam, but I'm not, and then to have stuff from 87 done where it was just 84 through 86 is kind of what they focused on, so they're stretching a little bit. I'm sure the state may have have a, a play in that to what the Grammys can do. There was no 90s material kind of um, put out there. But eventually, you know, like, they're slowly expanding. They went back to 81. They went forward to 87. So slowly but surely. But I want things like this to get high ratings and to show that there's still an interest and love for Prince. You know, sometimes people are so quick to diss stuff and be on it and just... You know, the cancel culture, that's kind of got to change, you know, and I'm just wanting these tributes to continue and continue and continue, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that there's just so much that's going on. I know a lot of people, um, you know, are already kind of going, just going in different directions as far as how we can continue on with, with his legacy and, you know, to kind of get back to the celebration thing, I don't know what the right decisions are right now in regards to their their plans. But I kind of told you offline that most likely I, I probably will not be attending the celebration this year. I think I'm going to take in some of the external things that are going to be happening. Plus, on top of that, there's a lot of murals and a lot of you know sites that I want to see that I haven't gotten an opportunity to do. Because that's the other thing with the celebration, too, is that it really kind of happened in the meat of the day. So you really didn't get a great opportunity to kind of get out and see a lot of things. And it, it was just always a scheduling conflict to see various shows. And it got to be a little bit frustrating at times and and um i got nothing but love for paisley park let me i can tell you this as far as the celebration thing is concerned here's my thoughts on this on the celebration is that if you've never been to a celebration before i would highly suggest it because your first celebration is going to be magic because it's so much fun there's so much love there's so much just it's just such a great event and everybody just kind of loves on one another 
uh, you know, not in uh, not in a pornographic way. <laughs> but it's just a really, it's just, right, yeah, I know, right? It's uh, it's just it's a lot of fun, and you get to you get a good fill of of print stuff. And if you could work out some of the events that are going to be happening in town along with it, it's a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of different things. You know, a lot of people always try to make sure that they go to First Avenue and at least experience First Avenue. I- I've been there a few times. It's a great venue. Um, right. I mean, there's so much to do. Like I said, I want them to like. There, there's younger people. Like I remember uh, one time when I was looking for a career change back in '98, and I was talked talked out of it. And I wish I would have done it. Was engineering. I wanted to be trained on that. And they're like, "Oh, there's too much of a future on that." Like there's young people that are into that. I would love to see Chris James be on a panel again with some other people and have him do. You know, just to have a studio clinic with Chris and other stuff. And I'd love to have Femi Gia come out of hiding because I love Femi and me and him go way back. I'd love for him to do stuff. Just so many other people that worked, worked with Prince and the engineering aspect always interested me. Like one of my favorite things was Femi doing the studio stuff at Paisley. And of course, one time, you know, it isn't going to happen this time, but Prince was trying to get into the studio with Femi to kind of do stuff. It won't happen. Maybe you can have some other people in there that did it, but we'd love to see people that worked with him be involved in other aspects of stuff. Even, you know, David Z, you know, I was able to finally meet in person um, at the Andre Simone show back here in December before I was in a pretty terrible car accident uh, that night where my car was totaled. And um, I don't know how I walked out of it. Um, I was pulled from the, the car. Like they had to use the, not the jaws of life, but they had to pry me from the car. I couldn't get out. But um, meeting David Z that night and other stuff, there's just so much knowledge that these people could surpass to other people that would love to learn it. And again, for the younger generation, for other people that may want to get into engineering or not know what goes behind it, because it is an interesting field in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree that I think there's so much that they could do. There's so many people that they have yet to tap. And I mean, but every year they kind of surprise me with something different. You know, the, the photographers, the fashion, the dancers. So there's always something that kind of taps on on an angle that, you know, hasn't been you know talked about previously. But, you know, again, I think it's they have to understand that, as I said earlier, that these people that are coming to this event are hardcore fans and they need to see they need to see stuff that's going to be a little bit deeper than just the average average prince fan because it's just not we, we can only people can only see the same thing over and over again there's going to be people like rodney fitzgerald and like i i asked rodney i said you know you go vip every year i mean do you not you know are, is it is it kind of wearing thin with you and I think he said to me, he said, you know, all the years that I came here when Prince was alive, he said, I definitely got my money's worth. So I'm just kind of just continue to paying it forward and just continuing to come to these events. And I know a lot of people feel that exact same way. It's just like, you know, you can never repay everything that he gave to us musically and just kind of got us through a lot of periods of our lives. And so it was just, you know, it was so there's that side of things. But just because you don't attend Paisley Park doesn't mean you don't feel that way because there's so many well, events that are going on, you know, outside of Paisley Park that it's, and there are a lot of events that are already being announced. I mean, there's, 
Martin Kember has already got a show that's going to be at the Poor House during that uh, right. during that time. PRN alumni is apparently planning something on June fifth. I don't know what it is, but they've got um, actually June fifth through seventh. They've got a save the date scenario where they've announced awesome. something that something is going to be happening between June fifth and June seventh, and it says fifth through the seventh, and it says save the date, and it's going to be occurring not only in Minneapolis but also in Detroit as well. So they've got something stuff going on. Rodney's got a few events that are happening, most of which have already sold out. Uh, Doctor Mambo's combo is doing. And there's like lots of things that are already going on already. So. I just wish that PRN alumni would be like it's Haley and other stuff, but that is what it is. And here, here's my thing, and especially like how hardcore fans felt about the Grammy tribute that they literally found out when tickets were going on sale and how stuff was handled. I'm sure it has more to do with the Grammys and the Prince Estate. And look, every time I criticize them, you know, it just... I'm not trying to do it on purpose. I'm trying to help you guys out. Like, the fans were the first to know about the $2,000.99 jacket. But how come for an event like the LA Grammy tribute, there wasn't like a heads up on it or tickets being set aside for them? You know, thank you to Sheila E. Thank you for Angela Lasaka and Tamiko for looking out for me. Uh, my main issue is, is that when there's other things going on, that the hardcore fans need to get taken care of. And that isn't happening right now. And then it has the hardcore fans, you know, here it is, you're telling me a $2,000 jacket, you're telling me about this other stuff first, but something that I want to attend, the tickets are getting scalped before we have a chance. And another thing is I want to turn, I want to keep the hardcore fans. At the same time, I want to turn casual fans into hardcore fans. We have to build on that audience. And the other thing is, is if the hardcore fans feel that they're not being taken care of, that they're just being sold stuff to instead of being looked out for. And that's that nothing to do with Paisley and celebration tickets or whatever. I'm using this as an example for future events. This is why a music club eventually are having like a list that the hardcore fans in certain areas when there is certain things taking place, be a first opportunity, albeit people in the Netherlands or say Australia, unless they're having like, um, you know, exhibit, my name is Prince exhibit, which I hope they bring back under the new powers that be, um, people are getting kind of left out and yes, there'll be more events in LA and New York and Atlanta as well. Um, but they really need to look out for that because what I got from people in LA, how the Grammy tribute and tickets were taken care of, I had to have like conversations with hardcore fans that said they're done. And I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, oh my God, I was able to get tickets. I'm bringing someone who was like a casual fan, hoping to get them into a hardcore fan. And let me tell you, Foo Fighters brought it that night. But I just... I just want to see the audience grow because I don't want to just be like, if you're a hardcore fan, you have to do this. I want them to be able to attract casual fans as well because they need this to grow. A lot of us are no longer here. The past four years have been tough. And this year, 2020, is feeling like, like a lot like 2016. I lost a, a friend in January, Kobe Bryant's passing, and literally me being right in the area when the freaking helicopter went down. Just ridiculousness that just this year just feels like 2016 and it's scaring me a lot and we just need to be there for each other and I'm hoping you know maybe not myself but I'm hoping the lineup from Paisley changes your mind about attending we will see you know but I just want these things to happen because I want them to not lose a hardcore like yourself and be able to attract the casual fans you know I hope that makes sense no it does and my biggest 
pushback really in regards to Paisley Park. And I don't know if if this year hasn't obviously happened. This is the first year that the new management has actually been in control of the scenario. However, there for us, for people like myself, for people like you, and and, and again, I, I bring you into it, but I also realize that you are, you're in a little bit different of a scenario because you actually have people that are actively reaching out to you from Paisley Park and from inside that can kind of get you into these events and can get, and you don't have to pay a thousand dollars to walk in the door. People like myself, people like Michael Dean, people like Princess Friend, all of us, you know, we have not gotten anything from Paisley Park. Everything that we do, we have to do so out of pocket. When we have to go up there, we have to come. We have to do it out of our pocket. When we that's airfare, that's walking into the building. It doesn't cost them anything to allow us to walk into the building. And when we're giving them free publicity, I mean. For me personally, Funkatopia and the Funkatopia radio show runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And not only that, and not only that, but what also makes it difficult for me is that I also do it legally. I pay ASCAP licensing fees. I go through all that process. And for them not to even be even, not even partially interested in you know, giving me a little bit of a cape. Let, let me come into the facility. And I know that I'm kind of speaking from a different angle than a normal fan, but this is kind of amplifies what you were saying in regards to, it's like they don't care about the people that are doing all this free marketing. And I think that that's also maybe one of the things that could possibly be happening with PRN alumni, because I don't really know that there's been a whole bunch of things that the PRN alumni and Paisley Park have done together in conjunction i know that it's you know and these are people that are trying to do their best to support the artists and employees of paisley park to kind of help them get back on their feet when something happens like you know the rosy gains of it's just not great so i just think that they're really a little bit disconnected in that regard i just think they're disconnected and and they well, don't and it, it, it's it could just be perception you know maybe it just could be perception but i just don't think there's a whole bunch of love for the people that are actually out here doing the work sorry like i, I was gonna put a bc voice thing on it like i have to fight for my right to party occasionally like i reach out to people and stuff and i don't know if, they, if you've reached out to them or whatnot but um, it isn't so cookie cutter. Like I offer my services or whatnot, and I'm sure it comes off as self-serving. But you know, like if they needed me to freaking, you know, do something at Paisley, I would do it. Whether you know, like I said, I like Andrea once in a lot. I do feel that Prince would want females to be the ones to do the interviews and other things. I think Andrea does a great job. I would welcome my services for stuff to them, you know, and I offer my ideas, and I'm sure some of them aren't exactly wanting to be heard. You know, there was, it just, when I wear the Prince gear out, it makes people want to buy it. Like, um, I wore, to the Revolution show, I wore those leather gloves with the symbol on it, and Maya Rudolph saw it, and she was wanting it, and other people were saying it when they saw me wear it in the photos, it made them go to the website and purchase it, or when they went to Paisley, pick some up. So I was kind of like, you know, she kind of gave me merch to wear. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but if I'm wearing it in photos and wearing it on social media, and then people sometimes don't even know there's a print estate website. And that boggles my mind, because I do post about her, even like when there was new stuff 
from bravado when they were the ones handling the music items or the new shirt or hot topic or target i would put it out there uh, but sometimes they have to see the visual products being worn in order for, for it to be done so i'll reach out for stuff like that and trust me i get a lot of pushback you think you think people like me it's more so the fans you know that i you know i appreciate you guys i'm always trying to look out for you and other stuff but you know i just have to do different things and you have to fight for your right to party at paisley park is all you know. Yeah, and, and I've—I mean, I've done reaching out, but it's normally just kind of goes. I mean, I, I every single year they actually do events. I will reach out to them and say, you know, is there any, you know, press access that we can possibly get? And I'm not talking about press access, like getting backstage and all that stuff. I just allow us to be able to attend and cover the event in order to be actually give you some coverage. And they're just like, and and every year I will I will ask like months in advance. I mean, months in advance I'll ask. And they will just, and they'll just ignore it. They'll just say, no, it's not, you know, we're not doing it this year or whatever it is. It, it's just, it's frustrating because it, they always say, oh, it's, you know, all the press passes are gone. I'm like, it's eight months in advance. How is that even possible? I, I'm trying to give you like way heads up. And of course, again, this was underneath Graceland, but this is, so it's a totally different scenario. But, it, and it doesn't really bother me as much anymore, but it, it's kind of, you know, when you have to like weigh how much money am I going to spend to go to Paisley Park to kind of do things, you you look at the the consideration that you've gotten from them in the past. It doesn't make that decision very very difficult as to you know as far as what direction that you want to go. It just doesn't. I'm not in charge of that, but yeah, like I said, I got I got to fight for myself, and usually I would have a guest with me and have to fight for that guest and whatnot. This year, I think um, I'm going to be. S-O-L-O, solo, and um, hopefully I'll just make um, things easier for myself, but it's like, you know, I want, I love seeing people from all over the world at those things, and I want to see new faces there, and I want to see familiar faces there as well. It's just going in on it, I, you know, I'm, it's not up to me, but I do feel that the people that cover it should be let in to do stuff. I know that was harder under Graceland, um, but maybe things will change. I don't know. I can't speak for, for them. Um, I just have to, you know, do my own battles. And how it's perceived is not exactly how it is, but um, I'm always appreciative. And I understand that people have to do expenses. That's what I try to think of, you know, people on the plane tickets, the hotels, or being in a B&B, and the cost of the celebration ticket price, the cost of having a rental or doing other things. I want to weigh those in, and I want people to feel it's worth the experience. That's why I want it, like, kind of like an interactive thing, like what do they want to see at Paisley this year when it comes to the concerts or other things. Um, you know, I did like seeing the time footage before Jesse performed last year, but a lot of people were upset because, like, that's one less day that we get to see Prince footage. So it should have been, like, maybe a bonus. That's why I'm hoping that the hours will be more extended and you get rid of uh, the track system so they can just be more stuff and be a little bit more interactive. You know, and you don't exactly get, like, a regular tour during the celebration, so it's a little bit different, but they try to give you different aspects and different things. And like I said, we're only going on four things that they've announced so far or whatnot. We don't know who's going to be on the panels, what extra stuff is going to be getting done, but I'm hoping for others that do, you know, I want it to be worth their money, you know, 
those are the things that I think about. Well, for those of you who are going, I mean, feel free to join uh, to go to Facebook and kind of talk a little bit about uh, on this Facebook post that we we just uh, talked about. Feel free to share your opinions there about what you feel like they should do, what you feel like we shouldn't do, uh, those types of things. We definitely want to hear all those things. Just chat amongst yourself. I did uh, put together a group, as I announced earlier, for people that are going to the celebration in June but that are really kind of torn and may not possibly go to Paisley Park. We're trying to create a little bit of a of an area where people who are not going to Paisley Park can really understand all the things that are going on in Minneapolis, all the shows that are happening, all the places that you can go and see and stuff like that. And it's called Out of the Park, like knocking it out of the park. It's facebook.com slash groups slash out of the park. So if you join that group, you can talk a little bit about you know, some of the things that are going on, some of the things that you wish you would see and, you know, take it from there. So we're going to close up the celebration side of the conversation. I think we kind of, you know, shared as much as we possibly can in that regard. So let's move on to the second section here where we started it a little bit, where we're talking about songs that you wish that Prince would have released as a single that you feel like if the public had actually got an opportunity to be able to hear that particular song that you would have, you feel like, people would perceive Prince differently. You know, he was kind of labeled as the king of pop, but a lot of people that were in the background were just, you know, that was technically Michael Jackson, but they were saying, who was the king of pop? Was it MJ? Was it Prince? I mean, that was a big thing in the 80s. For those of you that weren't around the 80s, it was like, that was all that was out there on the magazine covers. Who's the king of pop? Prince or Michael Jackson? It was Prince versus Michael Jackson. And it was all over the place. And, the, you know, the primary reason for it was because of the types of songs that were being released off of Prince's albums, right. which, is, which was his choice. That's fine. But when people don't get to hear The Beautiful Ones and people don't get to hear Computer Blue and people don't get to hear Darling Nickley and those other tracks that are off of The Purple Rain, you don't really get you don't get the full picture as to who he was as an artist and a musician unless you dove in. And so what was that song? You know, Doc started it off. He started it off with Housequake. That was, uh, that's one of those songs that's definitely a darling with all of us Prince fans uh, for sure. So we want to make sure that you guys also get an opportunity to share which songs you feel are the best ones that are out there that should have been singles. And so if you do have some, just send it to Funkatopia at gmail.com. That's Funkatopia at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what those are. You started it off with Housequake. And of course, you know, you already heard me announce it before that when people really question about his musicality and how he was as a musician. This is one of my all-time favorite songs. It always comes up. Uh, I just, I, I can't believe this song did not see the light of day. Obviously, If I Was Your Girlfriend technically was released as a single. Uh, on, right, on, on the B side. Yeah, on, on the B side. So, it, so technically it was released as a single. I thought it was a phenomenal choice. But without a doubt, Ballad of Dorothy Parker, I wish had seen the light of day as a, as a single. So we're going to start off with that one. And then when we come back, we're going to get Doc, Doc's next selection. We're also going to be watching the emails for you to send through your selections as a song that you really wish that Prince would have released as a single because you feel like they would have perceived him completely differently. And uh, please make sure that you go to Funkatopia at gmail.com. Send me those emails now, Funkatopia at gmail.com. But for right now, let's take a little bit of a break, get a drink of water and whatnot, and come back with our special guest, Dr. Funkenberry. Here it is, Ballad of Dorky, Dorky, Ballad of Dorothy Parker. That, that, that would have been, <laughs> that, that would have been a horrible title. Ballad of Dorothy Parker right here. I'd fucked up. 
Dorothy was a waitress on the promenade. She worked the night shift. Dishwater blonde, tall and fine. She got a lot of tips. Well, earlier I'd been talking stuff in a violent room, fighting with lovers past. I needed someone with a quicker wit than mine. Dorothy was fast. Well, I ordered. Yeah, let me get a fruit cocktail. I ain't too hungry. Dorothy laughed. She said, "It sounds like a real man to me." You could be cute. You wanna take a bath? Do you wanna? Do you wanna bath? Oh, I said cool. I'm leaving my pants on. Cause I'm kinda going with someone. She said, "Sounds like a real man to me." If I turn on the radio, oh, my favorite song she said, and it was Joni singing. Me, I think I fall. Phone rang and she said, Who ever's calling can't be as cute as you. Right then and there, I knew I was through. And there it was. That was my selection for the single that I wish that, well, that didn't exist. Uh, we got some requests that are coming in, but most of these people that are requesting songs, uh, they were singles. I mean, technically, if they were on the flip side of an actual single, it was released as a single. Because a lot of times in the world of 45s, in the world of 45s, you'd have, you know, When Doves Cry, and then on the other side of it would be 17 Days. So, right. so technically, it was released as a single. So I know Trish sent in 17 Days, but 17 Days was a single. Then Adriana said New Power Generation from Graffiti Bridge. That was a single. 
Yeah, with with that song, it just it just sucks because like there was two different videos made for it with the Funky Weapon remix, and it just didn't take off. But I think Graffiti Bridge and how it did at the box office and other stuff really affected how New Power Generation was perceived and not promotion by it. And of course, when radio actually belonged to the people. Erotic City got a lot of play, you know, before, like, you know, they're like, oh, he's saying funk, not the other word, so get play. I know that would be the B-side I remember being played the most, more so than other things. I remember R&B radio picking up on a door and other things, but as the years went by, and unless promotional money was put into singles, um, which wasn't happening after Prince signed that $100 million deal, things were difficult. And it also seemed that Prince, you know, especially after 1988, um, when he'd choose singles, if the critics really liked it, he wouldn't release them as singles. I just remember every single review of the Batman soundtrack. Oh my God, can't wait for him to perform it live. I can't wait for the video or the single to be released of Vicky Waiting, which is originally Anna Waiting. Like, it just, it just seemed that I would not want the critics to say what their favorite songs were, because I think Prince would read and go, well, not doing that one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, even even with Diamonds and Pearls, because Walk Don't Walk, again, that was supposed to be a single. Lisa Bonet directed the video. Other things going on. That's in the Immaculate Vault that we'll hopefully be getting one day. But yeah, it just seemed that you know, on purpose. And I'm sure you can attest to some of the stuff that if if the critics liked it, he wasn't going to put it out. Yeah, which was one of those unusual things. I, I you know, but. The fans always spoke like Ballad of Dorothy Parker was without a doubt every single time that he broke into it or if I was your girlfriend, he broke in. And it technically was a B-side, but when he would break into it. The fans would just go nuts because people just loved it, you know. So even when it wasn't released as a single, you know, us hardcore fans, you know, we, we just loved. So I, I was one of the people that was generally excited. I was really excited when he announced that he was not going to be playing the hits anymore. I was like, yes! <laughs> I was like so excited. And I had to like, maybe I was like one of a hundred people that were excited, but I was just like, this is going to be amazing. That means that every single time that I see Prince, I'm only going to hear new material and stuff that he's doing. And just, uh, that's that That was my perception of it. You know, I was just like, yes, this is going to be amazing. Cammy yeah. said, I will have to say she's always in my hair or the song I'm stuck on now, Days of Wild. And for my hubby, he just recently heard Five Women and he loves it. Uh, we'll go with Five Women because Days of Wild is a 10-minute song, so we're not going to you know, do that in this particular regard. So we'll do uh, Five Women. I've also, you mentioned Vicky Waiting, so we'll put Vicky Waiting in there as well. Yeah, Nick actually said, Nick Garcia, he said, I'm assuming you're doing songs that should have been released as singles. Here are a few I sure like. My Computer, Love We Make, and Sea of Everything. Uh, my my computer was an interesting one. That was what I was never a fan of the Emancipation album when it came out. But I don't know what the reasoning was or what frame of mind I was in. I think I was just in a funk frame of mind, and there wasn't really a whole bunch of that that was on that. But then I had um, one day, one night. The video you can find the video in on the funk on the. Funkatopia Facebook page. Dewan Blackshaw was here in my house and he was sitting right next to me and we did a video. I said, what is your all-time favorite song? Like, If you just were forced at gunpoint to pick a favorite song, what is your favorite song? And he, without hesitation, he was like, my computer. I was like, what? 
That just seems so <laughs> random. It was just like that wasn't even on my radar. That and and Duan was like Duan was like it's just it's one of these friggin' songs that it's just it was the first song that I listened to that I actually was able to close my eyes while listening to it and I could actually see colors. And I was just like, what are you? What were you on? Um, but uh, he, uh, this song is not a lot of people's favorite list, and it's just one of those songs that I just miss but then over time i just started listening to it and uh yeah it was just such a great friggin song uh what else do we have right. here brian davis says something in the water does not compute and vicky waiting so that's we got another vote for vicky waiting for sure uh yeah. carrie martinez says when the lights go down that's a great one that's a really good one that's like a 10 minute one though too uh yeah, right. so many great songs but we got so we Got one that actually got a couple of votes, and that's Vicky Waiting. So we'll do Vicky Waiting, and then Five Women, and then we'll we'll pick some of these other ones here as well. Uh, we'll definitely save one of these other ones that are like ten minutes in length. We'll save those for um, when we close up here in about a half hour. Uh, we'll we'll play. We'll, we'll go longer. Yeah, so we can actually yeah, so we can actually play them through and and uninterrupted, and that way we can just. And we can all get rest and sit back and it, all these songs. Just so you know, I'm, I, even if I say, "Ah, oh, that's that was a single," I'm still going to put it in the mix. Trish, I'm still going to put your 17 days in the mix. I'm still going to put New Power Generation in the mix. I'm still going to put She's Always in My Hair in the mix. So my computer, that's going to be there for sure. Uh, something in the water when the lights go down. What else do we get? <clears throat> Karen just sent in. Uh, Someone hit me up on Messenger saying colonize mine and. Let me tell you, uh, I hope it gets some more votes after we mention it, but the Max, man, that could have been a summer jam off the Symbol album, but by by the time summer came around, he already lost interest in the album, but the Max was the cut. People would be telling me, like, at dance classes, they'd be playing that jam. So, yo, baby, tell me where the party's at. Oh, no, yeah, we're definitely going to put that one in the mix. I was actually very surprised that Prince began with a microphone on the last show when he during his last concert, this final show ever, that the Max was even in there. Because I was just only anticipating this, the thing, the songs that, obviously more piano-driven. And the Max just didn't seem like, <laughs> didn't seem like it was going to be in the list for Prince Piano and a Microphone. Uh, it just didn't, it just, it was just a, such a weird song to break out like that. It was just so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, Karen did send over her song, and it was Shockadelica, which was a single. <laughs> But yeah, like a little thing. Someone mentioned Crucial off of um, Crystal Ball, although at that time Crystal Ball wasn't exactly going to be a single set anyway. But, you know, Crucial, uh, Adore replaced Crucial. And after Adore was recorded, you knew that Crucial can't be on there as much as uh, I dig it. And it was always a jam when I first found it in a bootleg store. It was just, yeah. But can I just tell you, sometimes you try to use songs as lines to women it just doesn't work well like you can't go up to them and go yo girl baby you gotta be from a different world but just one look from you can make an army surrender and I did try it uh, of course you did on deaf ears. <laughs> of course I, you I, did I, man my 18 year old <laughs> self I had cojones you wouldn't believe um yeah uh, anyway <laughs> of course you did baby you gotta be from a different world alright then yeah, whatever, Jay. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I did. Got one morning. I'm gonna one morning. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna meet my wife in the kitchen. and Go, you know, you never would have served me coffee if I never served you cream. You know, me and the lines like <laughs> crucial, whatever, and how I was trying to 
Councilwoman over the weekend. Uh, now I know why I'm probably alone on Valentine's Day this year. But yeah, <laughs> that's anyway. our next. That's our next topic. The best. The best lines. <laughs> the best. The Man, best. Come on. You, whatever. <laughs> the best lines. I'm gonna walk into uh, a little break. The bus. What's up, girl? Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's do let's do Vicky waiting right here on fucked up. Here it is, Vicky waiting. Yes.
That was Vicky Waiting. We're talking about songs that people feel that should have been released as singles because they feel like Prince would have, I mean, even as amazing as he was, he still would have had, uh, he, he would have been even more phenomenal and, and had more fans if said song was released. Uh, that was Vicky Waiting, which a lot of people believe was one of Batman's greatest songs. And it is a great tune, definitely for sure. Julie... Stewart said, I wonder, which, yes, that would have been a good single, but it wasn't even released as a song at all. <laughs> it wasn't, that is an unreleased track. Uh, not that I won't play it, but that is, <laughs> that's there. One Kiss at a Time, April Watson said, One Kiss at a Time. And of course, uh, as I had mentioned, what we'll be doing is I'm, I, I'm taking all these songs that you guys are requesting and I'm putting them in the mix so that once we're done here in about uh, 20 minutes, we're going to just cut loose and play all these songs in a row and um, just kind of, you know, we're just going to just lay it all out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So many okay. things. Yeah. Who else we got here? Yeah. Another vote for new power generation, another vote for Vicky waiting. So yeah, new power generation is definitely, but again, new power generation was a single. Oh, and Terry Williamson just sent in the cross. It feels like that should have been a good single as well. And every song off the side of the time could have been could have been a, a hit single, you know. But if he would have taken like four years, like Michael Jackson between albums, I think it would have. Because Adore, man, Adore when they do like the top R and B songs of all time, when radio stations that are not owned by a certain particular corporation, Adore would usually hit number one song of all time. Uh, and that wasn't even a single, but it would get get played on R&B radio. Um, so Mad Love for Adore, Mad Love for Crucial, the song that Adore ended up replacing and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I would love to see some stuff released posthumously as singles for stuff like, like we brought up a Walk Don't Walk or a Record Store Day release of Ballad of Dorothy Parker and other things. You know, there's so many things that can go on and... It just his music is timeless and let's prove it by releasing some of this stuff as singles and seeing what happens but you need you need people that know how to market stuff and know how to do stuff right that could be probably something where Tory Carter can you know figure out ways to get it into the, the younger listener into the radio and not just market to the hardcore fans you know just ideas to come up with in the future is all I'm saying I mean, wouldn't you love to see, like, the prince, like, sitting on the chair sign of the Times, the yellow shirt, the black hat? Wouldn't you love to see that on a T-shirt, let alone a vinyl release? Yeah, I just you think know? that the problem is, the, the problem is with, with, a lot, with music nowadays, as far as the artists that are out there, is that a lot of people are just so friggin' visual. And uh, especially the kids nowadays. I mean, it's because it's not just about the music, it's about... It's about the, the person that's singing it, uh, the show that they get, the videos that they release, the uh, you know all the superfluous and extra stuff that comes with it, and it just it's just such a it, it, they are so tactile 
and it's uh, so it's very very difficult. I would imagine it would have to be somebody who's be a marketing genius. I think the best way to be able to do it, really, in my opinion, would be to continue the inclusions of his songs into these TV shows and into these movies and things like that, where people don't have you know. Then there's a, a an actual video component to it. There's actually something that you know will give will breathe new life into a song, but you know have an extra visual component to it. I, I don't know. I think there's ways to do it, but it's you got a very tough crowd, especially when you start thinking about how kids nowadays absorb music. And they do. They they you know, they, they absorb it in a way that's very disposable. The songs that you hear on the radio today are not going to be you're not going to hear them later. That's that's the sad thing about music nowadays is that even though Lizzo's doing great on the radio now, it's most people are not even going to hear her music or, or hear those songs. A, a year or two years down the road it's just because the top 40 is just not uh, the same possible just because it has that old school feel but see like probably some music that your daughters listen to i kind of like like sean mendez and some of his new stuff and camilo caballo the my oh my song that's about to drop but the other song that she had before like where'd you come from baby there's other there's other songs right now that I'm liking a popular music that's coming out that may have more of a shelf life. And that's something that we have to change and we have to have the kids understand what's disposable music and what's not. I think Shawn Mendes is a more talented version of Justin Bieber, albeit he's going to have a little George Michael complex coming up and we'll just leave it at that eventually. Um, but... Some of it isn't as disposable as we think and what, what's happening, and here's hoping. The main thing is is that it's the record labels that have had something to do with that, you know, to where the artists aren't getting paid what they used to get paid, so they're putting out stuff quickly. For every Post Malone that's actually making it, but his streams, like, he ain't getting no money off of that. And then they have the contracts with the cell phone companies for you to be able to download the music to your phone and all this stuff. So they're finding ways to box out the artist of making money, you know. Um, but I don't think it's as disposable as it used to be. But again, we have to come with that. Yes, someone like Lizzo that we feel, oh, because we know Lizzo, it makes us hip, it makes us cool, isn't exactly the case. You know, I'm glad that she got the Grammy wins that she got, but look who got in Best New Artist is Billie Eilish, who, like a lot of us, probably thought that is a cross between Alanis Morissette and Avril Lavigne. You know, but here's hoping that that age of, of disposable music is over, because it also help Prince, because his music is timeless, you know, and here's hoping that those things can kind of interject. Yeah, I kind of feel, I mean, I think that the 90s is when it started where a lot of the music that was being released is just not, it's just things were falling off. I mean, you listen to classic, classic rock is classic rock. Most of the classic rock that you're hearing, you're not hearing anything that, you know, predates 93. I mean, you might hear, you know, Georgia Satellites, Keep Your Hands to Yourself or something that was released in like the late 80s or something. But I mean, for the most part, music just doesn't get played in rotation. On a right. I mean, you think about, you know, a, a couple years ago, uh, like Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars or something like that. I mean, those songs will still pop up on the radio maybe every now and then. But it's just for for a song to be as big as a song like that was, uh, and no offense to Little Nas X, but I'm so glad that that song finally dropped off. I just, I, I was not feeling it like everybody else was, but you know, it, it is what it is. And I know that 
you know, good for him. But I, I would be surprised if a couple years down the row we even you know pay attention to anything that he's putting out. I uh, just mm-hmm. that's I will see. I mean, I could be wrong. I feel the same way kind of about Billie Eilish. I think Billie Eilish is fantastic. I think her music is great. Black Bear is really really good. But Black Bear has been doing it for a really long time. Also, he a lot of people think oh well, this uh, you know. Uh, Hot girl, uh, what's the song called? Hot, Hot girl bummer. Yeah, Hot girl bummer is just was like, oh wow, he's a new artist. He's not really a new artist. If you go on to Spotify, this oh. guy's been at it for years. I mean, my daughter's right. been a fan of his for years, many years, and so he's just now. This is like one of the first songs that he's got that you know, is probably clean right. enough to clean enough to be on the radio because a lot of his stuff is right. pretty freaking filthy. Uh, more yeah, requests. Yeah. Coming in, Trish Westberg, Gangsta Glam. Uh, that's yeah, that's a good one. Elisa Joseph said, "Live for Love." Maisha said, "Oh, and you know, to kind of speak to that too, we want—I know we want to play some of these more, more of these songs uh, that people are are and, and everybody that's named a song, I've got it in the list. So even though we're going to be finishing up here in about ten minutes, I'm going to be making sure that we're going to be playing all these songs that you're requesting. They're all going to be in this list, and you're going to hear them in the next hour. And I'm going to put them. Uh, I'll do my best to put them in chronological order. I think I'm going to play my computer next because that was one of the early ones that we uh, come up with, and then new power generation, and so on and so forth." Uh, one of the things I did want to say that I, I, and I just thought about it was you talking about how Paisley Park needed to be or should be a really an established concert venue. It would be such an amazing concert venue. I, it's, I mean, it already is an amazing concert venue. So I think for them to do it on a regular basis will keep them from feeling like you know they're, they're struggling to – between being a, a recording studio by day and a reco- – concert venue by night along with you know doing tours and whatnot you know do do tours when people are recording that's fine there's just some studios that you can't go into or whatever but between the amount of money that you'd be able to charge for production work doing because you got state-of-the-art studios in there with all those things there's no reason plus on top of that all of the royalties that you're getting for all that music between those things there's no reason why you should you know You've got so many things that you can be doing, and it's just um, – I think the celebration is a, is a great idea, but I think that you know it may be kind of coming to a close. I, not, I, I don't hope that it's coming to a close. I want it to continue to exist, but they're going to have to come at it differently. Um, and uh, we're just going to see what happens. But I think that the recording studio thing will bring them a lot of money. The, the Using it as a concert venue at night will bring them a lot of money. I mean, good quality shows. You know, like Justin Bieber, I mean, not Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake doing the you know the little pop-up shows there was fantastic. Just having these little pop-up shows that are just intimate shows, like a hit and run type of thing for other people. Like, you know, having an Ariana Grande just drop in there like on a hat and be like, what? You know, right. things like that would just blow this thing up. And it's just, it's just marketing. It's got to be done it's just got to be done well. Um, so looking forward to, I'm look, Karen just said mad sex, mad sex. Okay, that's a good one. I like that one. But yeah, I think there's so many, there's so many things that they could do to definitely improve their income and the money that's coming in there. And I just don't think they're doing it. I mean, the fact that when they said, Oh, Beck is the first person that's actually recorded in such and such. And I was like, what, how can you have these recording studios and not, and not utilize them. It's just so much money that you're just losing out on. I mean, studios make, you know, $500 an hour to just, or more. It's just crazy amounts of money that a studio can make. 
And someplace like Paisley Park could probably charge $1,000 an hour, probably realistically, which just seems crazy, but record labels pay that kind of money. Obviously, Billie Eilish and her brother can do it in their bedroom, but they're still a market for people who actually you know, are talented like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, of all the songs we named, which one should we play next? Come on, man. You're going to make me... <laughs> Well, I, I, look, I'll go down the list that that I have here right now. My computer, new power generation, one kiss at a time, gangster glam, mad sex, seventeen days, live for love, five women, the cross, I wonder, adore, the max. Uh, uh, I think that's what we got. Yep, right there, the max. Yeah, that, that, that is your favorite song. I know it's your favorite song. It's <laughs> my I, favorite. It's <laughs> one of them released as a single. it's such a great song all right let's play that we're going to play the max and then we'll come back and we'll wrap things up but stay put we're going to be we'll be right back we're going to wrap things up and say our final final whatnots and just stay put here it is the max right here on funked up You can relax now. The Max is in control.
today obviously we he's been with us since the beginning since we started the show dr funkenberry's on the line and we were uh talking in the beginning we talked about almost an hour and a half about the celebration celebration 2020 it was it was a better part of an hour uh, it was about an hour and 15 minutes worth of talking about the celebration talking about some of the things that we think they should do uh, how we feel about some of the things that were going on we also talked about the new facebook group that I just released today, which has already got tons of members in it already. Uh, we got a new group called Celebration 2020 Out of the Park. It is a place for people who are planning to go to the celebration, but maybe not planning to go to the Paisley Park, you know, to kind of get together and maybe put together tour type of thing where everybody hangs out together in the same place and goes to the same events or just hangs out and just letting everybody know what's going on in and around Minneapolis and the St. Paul area so that you can all plan accordingly until we kind of get a little better understanding exactly what Paisley Park is, is up to for the celebration. Cause right now everybody's kind of a little bit in the dark minus the fact that they've announced three bands. There's no, nobody even has tickets to this event yet. So there's that. And so right. if you want to be part of that group, go to facebook.com slash groups slash out of the park, like knocking it out of the park, out of the park, which is obviously a play on words, meaning this is stuff that's going on outside of the park, out of the park. We are, then we also stopped and we talked about all the songs that we felt like were great songs by Prince that should have been singles. And we kind of felt like they should have been released as singles and it would have been a whole different world. So we believe in our heads. It was a pretty pretty amazing world without our suggestions but regardless these are things that uh songs that we want and we're going to be playing all those songs that everybody has been requested we just played a few of them and we're going to be uh cutting out here momentarily and we wanted to make sure that doc we got some final things that you want to talk about as far as in regards to the celebration i guess probably that would be a good place to to kind of finish up as far as what you feel like about the celebration and you know just talk to people about that i guess i want hardcore fans to be there i want casual fans to turn to hardcore fans and we gotta i'm hoping that the lineup and other stuff that they'll bring to it will make it worth people 
worthwhile and maybe reconsider those that weren't going, whether they're part of your group or not. Um, but that's what I'm hoping for is uh, little by little more will be announced that has people getting excited for it. Yeah, and I would probably say um, I'm along the same lines. I'm not by any means does the Facebook group out of the park have anything to do with people joining together and refusing to go and standing in solidarity that we're not going to pay. That's not what it's about. Uh, a lot of people are just trying to make plans and are trying to get some things together. And there doesn't seem to be, uh, we, we want to just kind of get together and just talk about things that are going on around town until we have a little bit more information to go on. Uh, in regards to Paisley Park, if you've never been to Paisley Park Celebration, you absolutely positively have to go. It's not even a question. You have to go. I think that everybody should should experience it. It's it's just a fantastic event, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that they kind of get some things in gear here and start moving. I can't imagine that people aren't running around frazzled right now inside of the walls of Paisley Park uh, because I know that they have to be hearing everybody kind of freaking out going, where do we buy tickets? We can't even buy tickets yet. Hopefully you get all this stuff together and start moving because you're getting way too close. You can't just wait until the last minute to do these things. People are coming from all over the world. It's just not, you can't, it's just not, this is not planned right this time. We all want to do there. We all want you guys to be massively successful there at Paisley Park. We That's all that we want. Because we want to continue the legacy of Prince, and that's definitely what we want for sure. Um, but this is let, let's 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 just hope for something to be unveiled here very shortly, preferably in the month of February. Here we need to hear some more things. We need some more finality because we just got to have it. It's just we just got to have it. In the meantime. Yeah. We just got a plan, but man, we got a lot of songs to get to this particular episode. If you guys enjoyed listening to it, if you had a great time, please feel free to keep an eye on Dr. Funkenberry's Facebook page. He is going to be posting. He's posting this broadcast. Uh, most of the broadcasts that we have end up on Patreon or someplace similar. And in your particular case, in this particular case for this broadcast, this one belongs to Dr. Frankenberry, and he's going to be posting it on his podcast. Uh, so you got to make sure that you're on his mailing list and following him, and he'll tell you when it's up. Where, where are some of the places they can look? If you guys want to donate to it, I'll have a link for it as well. I always appreciate donations, and we'll be getting more stuff coming on. I don't want to say what guests we're going to have on, but I have other ideas coming up. And, of course, doing stuff with uh, Chris we'll definitely make sure that happens as well because I want the fans, I want us all to be united, you know. Absolutely. Make sure that you definitely get in there and donate when you see this podcast and it helps. Or you can go to drfungamary.com. I think there's also a little donate button on there. Sorry to interrupt my man. No, absolutely. Anytime that you can donate to, to Funkenberry, it's, it's great. It keeps him doing his thing and it's pretty amazing. But with all that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Funkatopia Live. As I said, you'll hear this broadcast on Dr. Funkenberry's podcast list uh, coming here very, very shortly. I just got to send him the file, and he's going to do his thing, and it was going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and Doc, thanks for joining us again tonight, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Much love, everyone. Keep it funky. All right. So we're going to start playing the songs that you guys have listed, which means that the next song in the list is My Computer. So enjoy. And we'll see you guys next week when we will either, we're either going to be doing the 
album chat for Chocolate Invasion, or we're going to be doing the album chat for 3121. I'm going to leave the vote up to you guys, and we will do the album chat next week for either one of those things. Technically, from a chronological standpoint, from a chronological standpoint, Chocolate Invasion was next. So, I don't know. But we're going to leave it up to you. You let me know which one you want. Right now, here's my computer and the rest of your suggestions. I see all of yours. You know, Anne sent in Joy, Joy and Repetition. Um, so just quick shout-outs real quick. You know, Karen said Mad Sex. Lisa said uh, there's just so many different requests that are here. We're going to play them all starting right here with my computer. Thank you guys for tuning in. Good night. Everybody have a wonderful time. Thanks. Funkatopia Live and Funked Up is the online radio station of Funkatopia and is in no way affiliated or endorsed by Pacey Park or the estate of Prince Rogers Nelson. Yet. Yeah.